Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. 364-1100 is the number. Caller 7 right now wins Jimmy Buffett tickets, MGM Grand Garden Arena. Two nights he's playing March 4th and March 11th. Ticketmaster.com. Ari's got your hookup for Jimmy Buffett tickets, 364-1100. Caller number 7. Reno, welcome in. Vegas is here. It's Cofield and Company brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. So many good interviews we did uh, today and uh, earlier in the week along Radio Row in Phoenix. Uh, this one was with kind of on the cusp NFL player. Rashad Jennings doesn't really know if he's going to go back or not. I guess it's really not up to him, but former Raiders running back. And he's a renaissance man, and we got into a lot of subjects. But a lot of it's about financial management and future. And I mentioned to him, you know, I saw he had some sweet shoes on. I was like, dude, you know what? I have never purchased a pair of shoes in my life. That exceeded 65 bucks. Congratulations, smart man. That's what I was saying. Am I? Yeah. People love shoes and sneakers. I don't know why. <laughs> well, how much were those? Free. Oh, yeah, see? I forgot <laughs> the benefit of being a famous athlete. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of free stuff. You wouldn't, you wouldn't buy those? No. Really? All right, listen, I, I, I'm cheap. Look, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm cheap. I don't, I don't spend a lot of money on, on many things, man. The only things I really buy is if it's a house or if it's uh, a car or, and actually it's not even expensive then. I bought, so real, true story. In the NFL, my freshman, my freshman, my rookie year, yeah. you know, going into the NFL, I said I was going to ride the same car I rode until the wheels fell off. True story. I rode them um, until they, I was going to pick up my girl at the time. Um, who, who's no longer my girl I was going to pick her up at the airport yeah. and my, my wheels fell off the car I rode the same <laughs> car from high school and then I bought a 2010 Camaro black for $27,000 I still drive that car nice what was the, what was the, uh, the first car? Uh, the, the Impala really? Chevy Impala yeah what year? was it new or did you buy uh, an old one? I, it, was a, it was a 2000 nice nice yeah, bought how, it for 5, how's the Camaro bucks. working out? I still got it I fixed the wheel yeah. And kept it just for, for keepsake. So I'm actually from Jersey and the Jersey Shore. So I had to get a Camaro in my life. So I had it when I was 30. Man, I love that car. Yeah, man. I now, tell now, you. now I'm like, All I don't right. think I could get in and out of it. That's the problem because it's a little <laughs> bit low. So. What's the most expensive thing you ever bought then? I'm curious. A house. House, yeah. yeah. Other than that? That Camaro, the Camaro I got was probably... I don't know, like 30 at the time. And I actually, I had just been told a week before that I, that my company, my radio company was closing. So I was fired. I'm like, uh, I'm going to get a new car until, because yeah. I don't know when I'm going to have another job. So I was like, let me get all the credit in. Let's go. Yeah. But I, I will say, because you consider yourself stuff an old head, to understand how it works is that it's a symbol too. Uh, of buying a shoe is actually a symbol of letting somebody know some information about you uh, prior to ever saying hello. So, you know, it's the same reason why people wear certain hats with certain, right. you know, it's, it's a symbol. But it's a good symbol versus like throwing the shoes up onto wires in your neighborhood. That's not, that's not a good. <laughs> that's a symbol too though, right? It yeah. is though. Hey, letting you know what, what's going on. It yep. lets you know, hey, you remember the guy that was wearing these shoes? Yeah. What? Why, well, I guess I was going to ask if it was uh, something you learned, but it sounds like it's something you knew right away, like to, to not you know, be frivolous, not throw money away. Like what, what kind of drove that lesson home for you? It's a watching life. Like yeah. I'm, I'm from Virginia. I'm from the country. Right. So it's, you know, I grew up around horses and the money, money is just a piece of paper that we've all collectively agreed on, uh, on what, what, what is able to buy or not. So I, I, I'd seriously, 
<laughs> give me good food and good people, I'll figure out the rest. I'm an easygoing guy. Talk about your book. Uh, my book is titled The If in Life. It is a play on words. When you spell out the word life, if is in the middle. And I go through 15 chapters explaining the pivotal if moments in my personal life and uh, inspires the readers to, to discuss their own. Um, humbled by that, that became a New York Times bestseller. I wrote kids' books and doing a whole bunch of things. And wh- what I'm doing right now that I'm most extremely excited about, if I got a second to talk about it, of course. Um, starting a forum called After I Do. After I Do. What happens to men after they say I do? Ooh. Marriage is one of the most important conversations, in my opinion, that is not discussed on the airwaves. Right. I can go. My, I got nephews from the age of nine to 22. They can they can easily go figure out or oh, hear opinions on who's the best. Who's the best athlete? Uh, who's the best basketball player of all time? Who's the best quarterback of all time? Best friend. Da, 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 da. But if you have a young man that's considering marriage and actually wants to hear other men discuss what happens after you get married. Nothing. Yeah. It's not a conversation. Why is because that? Life's Why do, over. Is life's that, over when you get married. See, he thinks life's well, over. Are, but these are the conversations <laughs> right. we have off the air. Right. I sit with guys who are married. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, damn, this doesn't sound good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys are like, this This kind of sucks. So that's why, look, we're bringing, and, and why? See, that's a discussion. Like, it, mm-hmm. don't let it stop there because then people, it, it sucks. Okay, explain why. Right? We explain why we believe that LeBron James is the best athlete, don't we? We don't say he's the best athlete. All right, see you later. No, tell me why it sucks. See you what I'm saying? You're asking me? Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm not married. I've never been married. I'm 53. Okay, I've been, I've been with different. I've been with my current girlfriend for 10 years. Okay. And we literally could I could I'm confident of this. We one of us could ask the other to get married and we would do it like the next day. We just procrastinate. <laughs> But like I think they people from the outside are like, oh, they don't want to get married because uh, marriage is going to ruin things. Like it's, it wouldn't ruin things. Like you either have a solid foundation or you don't. Makes sense. Yeah. You know? and, and neither one of us had kids coming in, so there's not that complication. But I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's it, like we do guy talk, and it's you know pooping in the bathroom and sneakers, <laughs> right? But we don't actually have discussion. Here's the other thing. This show over the years, because I, I lead the show, and then it's Cofield and Company. Adams in all the time. We've had almost no married. Hosts on the show. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is. John Von Tobel, who's on the show today too, he's married. So, like for us on Sports Talk, I don't have people on the show. That that this is who we have. Sucks. <laughs> that's our discussion. That's it. That's and why I try to defend a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is it a, the reason why I say it's important, <laughs> yeah. man? Is because since truly, um, it's a beautiful institution. Um, and, and, and a lot of people go into, like, what happens, right, for, for the guys that are striving, not the, not the people that just forget it, the people that are striving to have a healthy, successful marriage, right? Those are the individuals that I'm talking to. Yeah. Um, because your eyeballs worked before you got married, and I'm sure they still work after. But if you're striving to have a, a better relationship with your spouse, how do you handle that? How do you handle in-law situation? Who do you spend holidays with? Do you raise your kids? Are you going to have kids? Do they eat beef or not? You know, like, the how do you do politics matter in the or of the house if you oh, differ? Oh, boy. Like, see, they these do. Are, you know what I mean? These yep. are conversations that I, young people that I talk to wish was in the airways so they can hear the conversation and let that breathe into their relationship with their uh, partner or significant or, or individual and, and relate to that. The conversation needs to be had. Rashad Jennings is with us. Are you going to have like a whole checklist and run down all those and more? 
for oh, guys to look at and go, ooh, I didn't never thought of that. Like you got to think of the the political Millions. thing is massive. I I don't know what you would do, um, <laughs> but I was in a long relationship on and off for another ten years, and that side of the family was opposite me. And every once in a while, I'd say something, but for the most part, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. But I would sit there and be very judgmental. Right, right. Right? And then looking long term, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't going to work out. Especially because we broke up before the whole Trump era and what's going on now. I don't know what the hell would have happened then. But you right. got to talk about that in a relationship at some point. It's important, man. It's important. And it, 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 it honestly, like, <laughs> we had a, a, a prime time to be able to have that discussion when you, what happened with one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He went through. Um, a situation that people just say, you know what, I'm not even going to really talk about it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you discuss it in a negative form, but it's a it's it, it's a situation that occurred that says, okay, like this is something serious. It's a good starting point for a discussion that nobody really wanted to have. Right, and I'm not here to judge anybody in any way, shape, or form. I'm not involved. I don't. But it's a conversation about the importance of marriage. That's yeah, we all. talked about it, but at times we were incredibly immature about it you know because you pick sides as a guy you're like oh you know i felt bad for for brady I'm, i don't see giselle but brady out front i'm like oh my god this guy's losing weight you know, he's talking about being you know 40 something and there's a lot of ass going on and i i felt really bad for him and i felt bad for his season because i think that all affect him that's a in season that's a incredibly rough thing to go through especially with his rep and it's the end of the line he wants to win and you got to deal with all this right I, I, I don't know where, where Brady is, right? Like, and uh, the only thing I said, I, I cheer people on, especially in marriage. Um, you know, in a situation like that, I'm, I'm more curious to, for me personally, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying Tom Brady's situation because I'm not in his relationship. Who knows what's going on behind closed doors? But just for me and where I'm at in life, if I'm in a position, not if I'm Brady, I said if I'm in a position, where I have uh, I'm married and I know that the <laughs> I'm probably only going to play football for one mm -hmm. maybe max two years Yep. in comparison for the rest of my life right I'm going to pick the rest of my life <laughs> but that's that's how I, I look at it I think that's what most guys think but also on the other side if you told her five years ago four years ago three years ago that you were going to finish and you keep going back at some point she's like okay you're lying but I also understand his side. He's like, I have a timeline. This is an age deal. Like, right. I want to keep doing this while I can. The crazy thing is, he, so they, they wind up getting divorced. Um, and he also announces kind of in the, all the tumultuous times that he's going to do TV for right. 10 years. And she must have been like, wait, that's not retiring. You're <laughs> staying in football for, for 10 more years? What about the kid? Yeah, I'm, dude, I was really into this. <laughs> right, he said he was into it, man. Because <laughs> yeah. it's relatable to lots of guys and right. women who, you know, their career is their first thing and you work like, like he works like a lunatic. Right. I work a lot and you have to blend that like, hey, you gotta be around your kids and your wife or your girlfriend. You gotta nurture that thing too. Right, it's, a, pro it's, a, it's a priority that you pick. And for me, I played football, right? So for eight years and I don't know how it, me personally, I don't know how anybody could do it while they, while they playing football because the amount, I sucked. At football, I, I worked extremely hard just to be average. Well, you didn't suck. You know, you what played I mean? in the national football. <laughs> yeah. You didn't suck. I, I worked but extremely I hard just yep. to be an average guy in the league, and so I, I dedicated myself to it all my time commitment. And I said, once I'm done playing football, I never put my career of a re, uh, over top of my relationship. There he is, Rashad Jennings, the uh, former Raider, just played fan-controlled football, um, talked about the XFL there. I guess if he wants to keep playing, I think there's going to be an outlet 
to play. But, man, he's, uh, like I called him, a renaissance man, writing books and doing podcasts. He was on Dancing with the Stars. And Willie, I thought he made an interesting point there about uh, marriage and relationships for the dude side that you really have to have a plan going in. And he said that no one talks about it, but you could tell I'm, I kind of took over that interview, unfortunately, because I was fired up. But we talked about it a lot, right, with Brady? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that <clears throat> no matter who you are, men or women, it, it also, also always depends on, you know, your your lifestyle and your your profession. I mean, you could get someone who is – you could get a man who is ready to settle down, is, you know, was raised in a big family and is used to maybe the, the 9 to 5 and, and coming home and can't wait to have the Little League family with the, you know, or the Pop Warner son and the cheerleader daughter and the – prototypical or, or just a, a you know a basketball team of daughters whatever it is and the woman is the professional or vice versa so I don't think it's just strictly to men I think it's it's whoever you are but yes you definitely have to game plan and it's a it's a joint effort to make a marriage work no matter who you are and what you do and you can address a lot of the questions early on when you make the decision to get married others will come up over time because obviously your your situation changes so big deal going down on Sunday in Las Vegas big game party Big game show, Willie Ramirez special show down at Superbook inside the Westgate. The theater will be open, free seating, drink and food specials throughout. His two-hour show from noon to two will have special guests like Rod Woodson, Miles Simmons, Taylor Mathis, uh, local media guy, Todd Dewey, one of the stars of the book, and John Murray, and then guest picks from Ryan Reeves, Steve Sharippa, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Zach Whitecloud, Alec Martinez, Jack Eichel. Ten to noon, ten to noon show, Superbook, Willie's Westgate Super preview show. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Yeah, tons of great guys on Radio Row in Phoenix. It's Cofield in San Diego. Treasure Island, Willie, is there. We're going to be checking in with Adam Hill a couple times this hour from Radio Row. We actually had a chance to catch up with a bunch of MMA fighters. Former UFC guy, now with Bellator, a Reno native who played at McQueen, when I say played, well, he wrestled, but he also played football and was the Nevada Defensive Player of the Year. So big football background. We started out the conversation with Ryan Bader, asking him, hey, instead of getting into you know wrestling at the next level and then eventually MMA, you ever think about staying with football? You know, it was one of those deals when I was wrestling and playing football in high school. It was like, where, what route do I kind of go, right? And then um, end up obviously choosing the wrestling. You know, I'm glad I did, you know, but there's still a part of me that's like, what could I have done in football, you know? And so it's, uh, um, I- I'm, I'm happy what I chose, though. Speaking of uh, looking up to guys as a kid, I mean, Fedor's a guy, I think all fighters, when, you know, you're coming up, yep. you got to look at him. And uh, to have that big, that big showcase bout, uh, CBS, with everybody watching, uh, what, what was that? just kind of experience like and especially the way you know it's, it's the end of his career yeah i mean the first time i was i was with fedor standing across the cage it was surreal yeah. and i told myself the whole time the lead up up to it don't let it get in your head don't put him on a pedestal you know but i had it a little bit <laughs> yeah. even though the, the whole time I, I was trying not to and the second time it was easier but yeah i've been a fan of his ever since you know i started watching mma and so for me, I'm glad, I, you know, I got to be a part of his story yeah. twice and, you know, um, and vice versa. And it was, just, it was such an honor to be out there. You know, he asked for me for his last fight and to be a part of that. It, it was truly something special. Of course, uh, Bellator champ Ryan Bader here with us, uh, Las Vegas and Reno. Uh, so you, we talked, we mentioned Reno and, uh, you know, you kind of growing up there. 
Um, what what is what is that that community still mean to you? And, and I know we have a lot of listeners up there listening to it. So uh, you live in Arizona. You talked about that, yeah. but but where you come from in, in uh, northern Nevada? Oh yeah, you know my uh, ton of my family, my grandparents up there, my parents are up there. You know I go back there quite a bit. You know uh, I love the outdoors, so I'll go back up there and you know get with my dad and stuff like that, and, and go to do stuff like that. Um, but a ton of friends and everything. And I grew up in that in that wrestling community up there where you know, tight-knit group that we traveled everywhere and, and wrestled in California, Nevada, all around at regionals and stuff like that. Um, you know, so it, that'll always be my home, you know, and, and hope to make them proud for sure. Who'd you grow up cheering for in, in the NFL? The Raiders. Really? Yeah. Closest so, one, you know, and then, yeah? yeah, I mean, you had Niners there too, but um, yeah, kind of hard to, to keep going with them, but. So now they're, they're in the state. I mean, it's that Vegas. Is true. So it's, that it's is a, true. It's a little yeah. rivalry. So uh, what, what do you think of Vegas being an NFL city or Nevada being an NFL state now? We never thought that could happen. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, you know, um, with them going there. I still haven't been to a game over there. But, you know, to be able to go and, and, and do your Vegas deal, and if you, if you like to gamble, whatever it is. But then if you wanted to catch a game, that's a good weekend, right? Yeah. It's a good weekend. By the way, there's a free agent heavyweight out there yeah. named Francis Ngannou. Any interest? Yeah, I mean, there's always interest. But what's besides the contract? The thing is, everybody always asks, like, hey, you know, this guy's out here. This guy's out here. Sure. You know, is he, but is he going to box? He's going to do this. He's going to do that. You know, once he's Bellator signs him, then hell yeah. Would you box with him or just take him to the ground? Can he, def- he you, you love Ngannou. Yeah. And, you, and you claim, hey, he can, he can block takedowns. Well, he's, got, he's getting better. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, he, it's one thing to block takedowns. It's another thing to block right. takedowns. Yeah, you got to mix it all up, right? Because takedowns don't work if you don't set them up with your hands and vice versa. You know, so you got to go in there and you got to mix it up, you know. And uh, it's mixed martial arts, you know. It, it's a crazy sport. And, 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 you know, if you go up and look at a game plan, yeah, you should be able to take, you know, I should go in there, take him down and try to, you know, get him down, get him tired, this and that. But you never know. A fight's a fight. When you get in there, maybe you can't take him down. You got to throw hands. That's Ryan Bader with us. It's brought to you by Subaru Las Vegas and also Spearman Rhino. Uh, when you fought heavyweight, uh, what'd you weigh? Man, I've, I will, I will, what, weigh 234, 235. This fight, I've weighed 228 okay. previous fights. So 235 for Bader. And Ganu gets into the ring of what? We, yeah, he probably cuts it to make 265. I mean, we have, well, who, who told us earlier that he was weighing like 300 pounds? He's over pounds. 300 right now. He's coming off an injury. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. You have big dudes cutting down to make heavyweight. That's pretty sure. nuts. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts. So size-wide, you'd, you'd be comfortable, you know, 235. Yeah, away I 20, thought it 30. had to be big, but I fought big guys that are on that limit at 265. And it's give or take, right? My cardio is a lot better because I'm not carrying that extra weight. And I, I feel like I'm faster and quicker. So Bellator. Ryan Bader fights there. He used to fight at USC. I got I to mention something about the other organization real quick. I believe, and I guess the one thing against me would be the layoff. I think John Jones can be the best heavyweight in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen against Cyril Gaon. I think he's going to wipe the floor with him. Am I, yeah. am I missing something here that... I don't think so. You know. Right? I, I mean, mean we, awesome. saw, we saw Nugano go in there and, and, and take him down. You know, it's surreal. And yep. so, I, Jones is a, a good wrestler. He's, he's smart. Uses distance really well. I think he goes in there. What? Yeah. I mean, he has. He, he's got skinny legs, but he's six four. Like I think he'll. What do you think he's going to weigh? 
for this fight? 235? No, I think he's bigger. bigger. No, he's been big. He's, he's been big. like almost 250. Right? Yeah. Like, and everyone always said, like, oh, he can't get that big. I'm like, he's 6'4". His brothers are 305 and 265. No, he, he has been that big and might be that big going in. Yeah, I think he goes in there and dominates. By the way, has he been down here? Has he been around here? He in comes Phoenix? down every once in a while. Yeah, he, he hit me up to go train, help train a little bit. But I was like tail into my camp, you know. Um, and I might go in there and train a little bit with him when he comes. You know, he flip-flops back and forth. But Mentally, you think he's, he's ready to be back in? It's been a while since yeah. two years since we've yeah. seen him. I don't know. You look at, like you are saying, I think he goes in there and that's an easy fight for him, especially a heavyweight. And he's motivated. You know, yeah, these, right? these 205ers, they move around better. And, you know, as you saw that at the end. You know, you, you get these bigger 205ers that, are, that can move. And, you know, he kind of had a hard time. Still won the fights. But I think at heavyweight, he's going to go. I should have been up here a long time ago. It's nice, right? Not, not, not no, 100%. Kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> not as, you know, these heavyweights aren't as quick. He has all the, you know, the abilities going there and do well. There he is. Ryan Bader talking about John Jones, talking about Francis Ngannou. He's a guy who's uh, toggled back and forth between 205 and heavyweight, former UFC fighter and a Reno native. Uh, went to high school at McQueen. Adam Hill is on Radio Row in Phoenix. Willie is over at Treasure Island Cofield here in San Diego. So uh, we're all excited to see the halftime show, right, Adam Rihanna? Of course. Who isn't? I'm super fired up. You know, you know, there's a segment of the Super Bowl audience who will gripe online once she starts. Uh, yeah, people that aren't fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Those, those people. So the uh, the SO, the significant other, my girlfriend tried to shoehorn her way into the show, so I bit. She went back and watched all the halftime shows back to 2007, made some comments on some of them. She really didn't do rankings, uh, but she did think that last year's was the greatest show ever with Snoop and Dr. Dre and Mark Hendrick and Eminem. Can Rihanna top what those guys did last year? Um, look, a lot of them had already been announced, right? So we knew it was going to be out there. We had the anticipation, the excitement. And I... I don't know if last year's show was amazing or if it was just who the acts were and the songs that they had that were great. It was also, uh, full disclosure, I mean, the only time I've ever been in the stadium for the halftime show. So I didn't, you couldn't even see much. It's better on TV, obviously. It's a made-for-TV production, so it's a little bit different. Um, she has the hits to do it, 13 number one hits. She has the guest appearances from, like, every major star there is. All right, so first, over, over under nine and a half songs. Uh, over. What do you think, Willie? Over under nine and a half songs. Yeah, probably over, just because she's going to cut in and make medleys in, in in certain ways, certain things. I, I think she's the type that would probably come back to something. Like if she opened with, like if out of nowhere you heard the entire stadium blaring uh, with the start of "What's My Name," that ooh na na, you know, and then maybe come back to it. But over under from different songs, I could see it going over with medleys. We should point out 12 minutes. So over nine and a half would be tough. Wow. It would be, but but again, she could. she's the type that with what she has and the beats that, that some of these, I mean, it's almost like she could do a mix. You know what I mean? So she could, she could, she could mix three songs in one minute and just grab a, a bite of something that was popular and maybe the whole song wasn't, but everybody loved the, you know, the bridge of one song. I mean, it, it just, it would be typical of, of Rihanna because she has so many great sounds. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, obviously, Jay Z is interesting uh, potentially. Although I, I did hear the, you know, maybe potential Jay Z does next year in Vegas. So then that would probably disqualify him. Not disqualify, but 
probably keep him from doing this one. Um, there's a lot of possibilities. So many, so many people that she could perform with, or no one. She has more than enough uh, hits and big songs and, and ability to do it by herself if she wants to. I'm going to say this. I don't think that Rihanna can top last year because I think that you have to differentiate. I think last year stands alone because of the mixture, the, the culture that you brought to it, and you're introducing a, you know, the greatest spectacle, sporting spectacle, outside of you know maybe the World Cup um, from a worldwide standpoint, but the Super Bowl, and everybody anticipates the halftime show. So when you introduce Snoop Dogg and, 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 and uh, Dr. Dre – and Eminem, it's it, it marries it marries a genre with so much where we're used to Beyonce, Michael Jackson. I mean, giants where they're giants in their realm, and we're talking about giants in music, songwriting altogether. So I think it stands alone because of how great and and where it ushered hip hop into. And here's the other thing nobody talks about or you know it's very rarely talked about. I know people aren't obsessing over this you know, necessarily maybe like I am every aspect of the game. She has not been on stage singing live since 2018. Early 2018 mm. by the way. It's the last time she was on a stage. The pressure. Big. Yeah. She could botch this whole thing. She could. But I, I think more of the anticipation is there of like <laughs> no nobody's seen her perform live in over 5 years. All our Super Bowl coverage and the conversations are brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and our friends at Spearman Rhino. Remember, at Subaru of Las Vegas, they got the lease special right now on the 2022 Subaru uh, WRX, $349 a month, $3K down, or you can buy. Rates of 2.9% and 3.9% are available at 6444 uh, Roy Horn Way, south of the 215. It's Subaru of Las Vegas. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Yepers rolling on in uh, three spots, San Diego, Phoenix, and Las Vegas. I'm going to be downtown for the big game partying. I won't be at Circa, but lots of people are going to be. Talked to uh, Mike Palm, VP of Operations, earlier in the week and started out talking about just how big the big game parties will be at all the Circa properties. Steve, I think it'll... All told, it'll be around 11,000 people oh boy. that will attend the, the different parties on Sunday at, at our various properties. You know, I think back to 10 years ago, and the Detroit ballroom on the 12th floor at the D was the only place we had to have a party. Of course, Circa wasn't built at that time. You know, and we'd get 300 people in there, our best casino players. Well, they'll, that's become a retail space. There'll be 400 people there. Just go a block behind the D to the Las Vegas Event Center, downtown Las Vegas Events. 6,000 people every year. That's a tremendous outdoor viewing party. And the weather normally cooperates, looks like it will again this year, around 63 on Sunday, uh, which takes us to the other outdoor venue, Stadium Swim at Circa. Uh, we'll get 3,000 people up there. Super Bowl, March Madness, we get 3,000. Um, they do a tremendous fireworks display up there at halftime. Uh, it's really awesome. They have a, even the GA, they build a buffet for them, so everybody eats and drinks up there. We have our casino player party at the ballroom. We just opened at Circa. That'll be about 700 folks. And then in the sports book, every seat sold out for months now between the booze, the recliners, and the stadium seats on the side, uh, and that'll be a little over 400 people. So it's real close to 11,000 when it's all said and done. So tell the Vegas audience some of the, the aggressive stuff you have planned in terms of props and, and booking the Super Bowl because you guys are always on the forefront yeah. of that now. Well, yeah, you know, we try to be competitive with the props and, and continue rolling them out. 
props are tougher books, right? They're generally losers, like the are draft they? is. Yeah, they're generally losers. They're risky. I know that. Uh, they're risky, and the, and the market is not efficient. They're, I mean, guys come in here and basically can make a living these wow. two weeks, arbitraging these numbers. I mean, their totals are five and a half, six yards off. You can get plus one thirty-five and minus one twenty different shops. So it, it, it's not a it's not a fluid market at all. Um, but you try to be fun with it, especially the cross sports stuff we're doing. And, uh, you know, I say one of the big things for us this year is that the props tend to be an indicator of where the money's going to be on the game, though. And so far, what we've seen are heavily Eagles-based props, which mm. tells us so far the action as well. Remember, we opened Chiefs two and a half, partly due to because we have huge Chiefs liability. Okay. And so we wanted to get some Eagle money. We really didn't. The bookmakers at Circuit really didn't believe it was going to go all the way to two and a half. Uh, it's, you know, one and a half South Points at two. But it will tell you, I think, that this number is only going to go in Philadelphia's favor. We're not seeing any buyback on Kansas City at one and a half right wow. now. I know there's still some uncertainty with the receivers, but this game's only going to go to two. I don't think it gets back to one ever. It's Cofield and Company, Radio Row. It's brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and also Spearman Rhino. Mike Palm from Circa is with us. All right. I mean, you're a better. Mm-hmm. Right, so you bet in to props. You, I'm sure you're going to bet the game if you haven't already. I bet the Chiefs, and I've been saying to everyone like, "Am I dumb here?" I, I got them plus two. What do you think of the game? I'm opposite of you, but not heavy. Why do you like the Eagles? I'm concerned that the Bengals front seven got pressure on Mahomes, and what the Eagles front seven will do. I think both quarterbacks are compromised health wise. I don't think it's. Uh, Jalen Hurts is healthy. We haven't had to see much out of him in the playoffs, but it's clear, I think, from the play calling, he's not 100% either. I think the Eagles are going to be run heavy with the backs. I like the backs individual props and the team rushing totals over for the Eagles. And this and this is what I normally always bet. It's sort of a standard play for me. No score in the first X minutes. And it gets more and more expansive, right? right. It's Now it's three minutes and lay $5, four minutes. It used to just be six and a half or six or seven. I like those because these Super Bowls, if you look back, I think out of the last 12 years, no score in the first six has hit nine times. The price is generally around 130. You get one punt, you're a huge favorite. But also the NFL, these drives take seven and eight minutes. It's it's different than college. They are long opening drives. You'll see a drive and you're under seven and a half minutes at the end of the first drive. Yeah. In the first. So I always tend to bet that as well. So we're talking 11,000 people at Circa Properties for the big game. Yep. Got to get that right. Big game party. Big game. Can people still get in? Still get in at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center is the only one that has capacity still. You don't you don't have to pay for a seat. You can you know be standing room only. But there are a few tables left. It's a $100 beverage minimum. So you buy a table of six, it's 600. You get six cars with $100 credit on it for beverage. Wow. Food's separate, but there's like 18 food trucks. It's, it's, it's a fun time. Good deal. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Let's bring in Brad for uh, one of the more important spots of the year right before the Super Bowl. Adam Hill is with us. He's on Radio Row. Willie is at Treasure Island in Las Vegas. I'm actually in San Diego getting ready for UNLV and uh, San Diego State tomorrow. Brad, before we get to anything, the numbers and all, first of all, I'll say, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for having me on. Second point I got to make is when's the last time you went on a video or TV show wearing a sleeveless shirt? What is Fezzik doing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, trying to, you know, it, it didn't look terrible. It was an interesting look, though. Uh, 
I think he's done it twice now, twice in the last couple of weeks going on that particular show. So I kudos. I mean, if you got it, flaunt it, especially at that age. We got obviously a big game coming up here this weekend. I think you might have heard about it. I don't know how many people are talking about it, but there is a Super Bowl to be played on Sunday. I just want to ask before we get into some specifics, how generally can people think better? maybe about some of these props and maybe handicap a little bit better, maybe think sharper as they go into maybe playing a bunch of props on Sunday? Well, if you're going to play them on Sunday, so let's just, you know, (laughs) theoretically, let's say you haven't done anything yet uh, and you're going to wait until Sunday to bet the props. I mean, I'm here to tell you that you're late to the party. If you want to bet like Patrick Mahomes passing yards over, uh, you've lost a lot of value (laughs) there. Uh, I would tend to go, you know, under uh, Kelsey, Receiving yards, receptions, Patrick Mahomes under passing yards. Uh, you know, Goddard is well loved and been bet way up on the Philadelphia side. Same with, you know, Sanders, uh, Gainwell, another couple guys that are super popular. So I think your portfolio on Sunday should involve more unders and more no's. No, there won't be a special teams or defensive touchdown. No, there won't be a safety because at the very least, you're going to be getting discounts on those. Well, it's funny that you say that. More unders, but I uh, there's one in particular I like the over. I was looking Devonta Smith's receptions. He's gone over receptions 79% of the time during the regular season. The average total posted in those games were four, and he's caught five or more in nine of his last 11 games. In 19 games, he averages 5.4 receptions per game. I like the over on his receptions. Your thoughts? Well, I'll put it this way. I... I have about four or five guys that I really trust making the six figures uh, as far as just NFL prop betting. I have not, and I just fill a lot of their orders. I have not gotten that order yet. Uh, I haven't got the opposite, so I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I've gotten dozens and dozens of orders, and that hasn't come across uh, in my order screen yet. Uh, one thing I will say that's a concern is I have filled orders on Jalen Hurts passing yards under. At least the thought process there is, even though you got two weeks from the NFC Championship game, there's still, at least of the guys in the circles that I run in, is that he's not 100% that shoulder. So that would concern me betting anything over on the Philadelphia wide receiver side. How, how, much, how much do you look at current form as opposed to season long, and, and how do you kind of balance that looking at it? Because I look at a guy like, you know, a, a name Kenneth Gainwell I'll throw out that seems to have, you know, been trusted a little bit more late in the season i know in big games they seem to trust them a little bit and certainly when they're behind if they do fall behind in this game they use them a little bit more uh but earlier in the season his numbers weren't that great so now it seems like maybe the totals are a little low on his props yeah it's an excellent question uh probably i'm more towards current form i, I know normally i would say i'm anti-recency bias but uh, betting props is a lot different than betting sides and totals i, I will say though this guys as far as the the props go it's not i mean i've still bet dozens and dozens of them but i do think that at least some opening lines are a lot sharper than what they used to be why not necessarily the books in vegas but i know specifically DraftKings and the fan duels of the world are dealing these individual player props on a weekly basis and they have a hell of a lot better time uh pricing them for a Super Bowl than what we saw from maybe Westgate 10 years ago when it was an entirely different market other than any other game the entire season. What about in terms of how you handicap the game? Do you 
you know, do you trust your handicap of the game and then kind of base some of the props on that, like saying, hey, I think this team wins, this team falls behind, now this prop will come in if this team is behind, and this one will come in if this team is ahead? Or, or is that putting too much eggs in one basket in a situation like this? Another excellent question. I mean, you got, I mean what you got to be careful of is if you're wrong, I mean, you can, you know, <laughs> one loss can turn into five, six, seven, eight losses. So, uh, yeah, certainly, I, I mean, look, you're going to bet a certain way as far as a game script goes. I mean, if you're on the Kansas City side, well, how is Kansas City going to have success? Well, I mean, you go to their two more popular guys. I mean, Mahomes is probably going to exceed expectations, likely. Uh, Kelsey uh, exceed expectations. And we saw that at least early on in the prop market from the pros betting those over. So, yeah, you, you paint a picture, but what – I, look, I'm talking from a professional aspect. They're not going to worry too much about, oh, I mean, if it goes bad, it could go really bad. What I do worry about is if you're a public person and, and say, you know, you think you're going out of your way and you're, you're betting 10 or 12 props, I would be very leery on, you know, all, all those 10 or 12 props going a certain game script. <laughs> I think you need to protect yourself a little bit. The pros aren't going to care because they're going to have 100 bets in their portfolio. <laughs> The defenses, or well, specifically Philadelphia is, is obviously the talk of this, um, of the Super Bowl. Do you do you look at how they're how aggressive Philadelphia is going to do to play it into how it may affect, let's say, a, a tight end, their receptions, how quarterbacks may be rushed into play? Like I'm looking at. Or, or a running back. Like, I'm looking at Jarek McKinnon's total receptions coming out of the backfield, considering how the Eagles' defense is going to play um, if, if Mahomes has to dink and dunk. Yeah, no, you guys are really hitting it out of the park. Uh, so here's what I've seen. So how, how is Kansas City going to attack that aggressive defense? I mean, we're talking about an Eagles defense that's 70 sacks. I mean, not, not only number one in the NFL this year, but that's historically good. That's top five all time in the NFL season. So what I've seen in the prop markets that's been popular, not only from one guy, several guys that I trust, is you're going to maybe see a lot of, like, jet sweeps. And, and those count – that's not, you know, receptions. That's maybe some rush attempts, some, you know, unique stuff there. So uh, you might see some fly sweeps uh, from a Kadarius Tony, a Sky Moore. So the, one of the more popular uh, props that I bet – was total number of Kansas City, uh, run, you know, players with a rush attempt over four and a half has been just absolutely slammed uh, by multiple people. So over four and a half Kansas City chief players with a rush attempt. Brad Powers joining us with the great info as always. We're getting ready to make some bets on this game. Uh, are you? I know we look at numbers of you know where the money is, where uh, where the handle, you know, where the money is, where the number of tickets are, all those kind of things. Um, what about, like, just anecdotally, I'll say that sitting here on Radio Row this week and everybody that comes up, we ask them who they like, it's got to be 85% Philadelphia. Like, do you, I know you can't handicap that necessarily, but it, it, does that start making you think that maybe Philadelphia's just the wrong side if it's too obvious for so many people? Uh, maybe. I, you know, not always. Uh I mean, look, there's a lot to like about Philadelphia. I mean, I think they have the better roster. No, no question about it. They're the deeper team of the two. And, uh, I mean, I could see, I could paint a picture on why they're favored. Uh, we'll see. I mean, for all the money and stuff like that, the money hasn't showed, folks. The money's going to show yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I mean, all the bets have been played so far. Yeah, it looks great and all whatnot. But, I mean, overall handle, we're only 10 or 15% in at this point. So, I mean, anybody that talks about that, well, let's see what happens in the next 48 hours. 
before we jump to some conclusions there. I actually anticipate we'll see Kansas City money. I think it's much more likely this line closes pick than it does for Philadelphia to continue to get money and the line trend towards three. So I, I do lean, if you're asking right now, I lean Kansas City. I'll take plus one and a half. I think the best bet to make right now, if you're going to bet the side, is you go down to the South Point, reduce juice, take Kansas City plus two minus 105. I think right now, if you're just looking to bet the side, that's the best bet on the board. I'm there with you with that late action. I, I think Chiefs money is going to come in. And I think I, I sort of liken it to the year they played the 49ers. I, I was never high on the 49ers because of their strength of schedule to get to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia has been near the bottom of a lot of rankings when it comes to schedule of strength. And we know that the AFC was a lot tougher. Kansas City gets back there. Third time in four years, Reed and Mahomes, the experience with this team. Even if the Eagles come out swinging in the first half with that defense, I tend to think that the Chiefs' experience in being there and is, is going to help them in the second half. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the handicap here. I, I mentioned earlier, hey, Philadelphia's got the better roster, but, I mean, to me, I keep it simple. Better quarterback, better head coach, more big game as far as Super Bowl experience, all significant edges for the Chiefs, and, um, you mentioned the strength of schedule also, another feather in their cap. I get it. Philadelphia, you can only play the teams on your schedule. And I'll give them credit. For a majority of the season, they dominated those opponents. So, I mean, I'll give them that. But when you look at the, you know, their playoff path, I mean, the Giants were overrated all year. We knew that. And then, I mean, they played a 49ers team that was completely compromised offensively. And, you know, even though they easily won and covered, I wasn't overly impressed with the Philadelphia offense in that game. So, I know Kansas City's defense isn't the 49ers' defense, but I'm not sure that Philadelphia's offense is going to automatically go up and down the field here. You mentioned uh, Jalen Hurts in his shoulder, uh, potentially playing into the uh, some of the underpassing props there. What about the ankle of Mahomes? Any concern there? And can we use that to our advantage? I don't uh, have that. I mean, if if we'd have seen it, we just saw it two weeks ago, and yet he was able to make the the all important critical play to set up the game-winning field goal. So, in fact, I'm opposite. One of my favorite props that I bet so far this week was Patrick Mahomes' rushing attempts. Even though you think, oh, he's not going to be able to run it and stuff, I bet over three and a half. I even think over four. Even four and a half now, if you're extremely late to the party, is worth a look. I mean, he had three rush attempts in both playoff games, even though he's completely compromised in those two games. You also got to understand, there's always an opportunity for a kneel down. Don't believe me. Go back to, you want to talk about an open wound, go back to the 49ers Super Bowl where he had three kneel downs at the end of the game and he ended up going under his rushing yards prop when he was easily over. So there's always that opportunity that counts for rushing. (laughs) Mr. Powers, appreciate it. Have fun on the big game and I hope you win lots of money. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for having me. See so, yeah, There he is, Brad Powers. Brad Powers seven up on Twitter, BradPowersSports.com. Willie, you got some good knowledge there. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he was on board with a lot of the stuff that I brought up. Um, there was the only other one I was going to throw at him, but I, I just think I just wonder if it looks too easy. Um, Patrick Mahomes is throwing two interceptions in each of his Super Bowl performances, and now you're playing against an Eagles defense that we all know about, and the pressure will be under. So I wonder if it's too easy to say yes. He just needs to throw an interception on the prop. Will he throw one, yes or no? And I, I would assume that I don't know what the current price is, but I would assume the yes is a favorite. Oh, no. Adam Hill walked away from the set in Phoenix. We didn't get to ask him the question about the strip club. Uh, well, we got another hour. We don't. He's gone. Um, have you been to this place? Yep. Several times. 
One to ten? Compared to Vegas or just there? Just one to ten. Eight and a half. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if he made it there. I wasn't there last night. He said no. He said no. Okay. He was he was oddly gripey on this trip. You were oddly gripey five minutes ago on, on the chat. So, I mean, <laughs> your, your little cantankerous ass. There he is. Well, well um, I was looking to communicate because that's what we use our little video yeah, thing here. Yeah, Ari and I and were everyone, looking to communicate about an hour up. ago and, and couldn't find you. So, settle down, Turbo. Look at Five o'clock hours on the way. Thanks to Adam. Appreciate it, Adam. I know Adam's going to hit the road now. Adam Hill down in Phoenix this hour. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Alerts. Like it is every day, 766-1400. We certainly appreciate it. You can listen to the archives of Cofield & Company at lvsportsnetwork.com.